be 720. And welcome to Display Data. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to my desk. It's a Sunday night. It's engineer clock. No, eight o'clock. Eight o'clock. And uh, we're gonna check in what I've been hacking on this weekend. A lot of prototypes. Uh, I got a PCBs in, and so I put together some protos. Um, and I'm ready to order PCBs because you know I get to test them and I find my mistakes, and then fix them and I order stuff. So uh, let's kick it off with. Let's dive right in. First revision. So uh, let's go to my computer so I can show what I've been up to. So, um, oh, don't close the one thing I actually wanted to show. Um, so the micro lipo is, a, uh, me, is a fairly old design. It's a uh, lipo charger that uses the um, MCP73831. You know, it's a SOT235 um, lipo charger. Works with you know any standard 3.7 nominal 4.2 volt max lipo or lithium ion battery the thing i really like about this is it's got um you know a tri-state status pin that can tell you when it's charging and when it's done um, which i really like about this charger chip it's also inexpensive it's available i kind of use it on everything um it's never, it never done me wrong so it's, it's a good charger chip um and you know this is a, a simple board that you know it can plug right into a usb port um and so i actually you know keep these around handy all the time because i use them to charge batteries when I'm working on projects and I was about to reorder the PCBs and whenever I'm reordering PCBs is also when I am like, oh, you know, I should maybe update or revise it if I can. Um, so what I did is, you know, I looked at the design and this is a design back when I was using 0805 parts, um, majority, majorly, uh, majorly, and I've kind of changed over to doing 0603 parts. And so I was like, well, you know, I might as well like change the parts over to 0603. Um, and at the same time, I really wanted to um, update this design because one thing I didn't like is that there's this little jumper on the bottom that you would solder to change it from point, uh, sorry, from 100 milliamps to 500 milliamps because you kind of want to have, if it's a small battery, you want 100 milliamp rate charge and for larger 500. Um, but I want to change that to a switch. And so I did that by, you know, as I squished everything to 0603, I was able to actually make enough room um, to put in a slide switch. Uh, and the slide switch, instead of a jumper, lets you select between, um, you know, 100 milliamps and 500 milliamps. You can see like the one here and the five here. Uh, so let's go to the overhead and I'll show it really fast. Uh, so one thing, you know, it's like, you know, whenever I do prototypes, I'm like, I made no mistake. This is perfect, right? Well, I like swapped the polarity of the battery. It's like the one thing like not to do, but I did it anyways. So this is um, what it looks like, uh, you know, nominally. And when it's not plugged in, I can actually like that both LEDs are on. It kind of tells you that it's um, not charging. And then, you know, I've got this uh, battery pack here. Um, I plug it in. It turns red. And you can see uh, this is about 0.1 amps uh so this is the 100 milliamp setting and then if i switch it um it changes over to about 500 
milliamps. A little bit less because I use a 2.2 K resistor. So it's kind of nice because you can now switch between the two um, versions. And uh, when the charging is done, the green LED lights up. So, you know, what I do is basically when, when I'm ordering um, the PCBs, you know, the next time I order, I'm going to order this new design and then we'll just switch over um, and, and replace the stock. So I like to do revisions, like especially when I'm when it's time to reorder PCBs, that's when I'm like, what did I want to change about this? It's a good time to like clean up and uh, update. All right. Okay, so uh, next up, staying on the overhead, um, just like, let's see if I can put my, my teacup here. Um, we got the step switches that uh, JP really likes. These are like TR-808 style. Uh, step switches, they've got um, nice clicky behavior, built-in LED, but they're not super breadboard friendly. They actually are on a point inch, point one inch spacing, but like they don't fit into a breadboard because of like, you know, a solderless breadboard. So um, I finally got around to designing a little PCB breakout. I think I showed this off a couple weeks ago where this, it's very minimal because it, I wanted it to make it so you could plug in side by side. To, to make like a little um, sequencer controller. So this plugs in, so I followed the, uh, the data sheet and it does fit, it's a little bit of a tight fit, which I thought some people might struggle with. So while it does work for my final design, I enlarged the holes all by about like 10, you know, 15%. Um, but this is the uh, step switch. So, you know, this is the one that I soldered together and I just have it running a little Arduino sketch where when it, presses, it detects it, turns on the LED. Um, and then I didn't write the code to support the second switch, but you can see mechanically, uh, you know, if it's soldered in, it would be right next to it, which is, which is, you know, perfect. It's actually exactly half an inch apart. Um, so you can have multiple switches. And uh, so this will come in a, let me see if I can load up the Want to go to the computer? Yeah, but hold on. I gotta find where it is under motion. It's under step switch. So, because, like, you know, I don't want to sell an individual PCB. I actually panelized it, and I'll just sell it as a panel. So, like, the entire panel will be sold as one product because it's like, it's the cost of like one little PCB and six PCBs, it's like, it's the same. So, you might as well just get a pack of six. Uh, we sell the switches in packs of three, and I figured, like, six is, like, you know, two, you know, m most people don't want just three. They want a little bit more or whatever. Um, so I just tossed in six for, for good luck. Um, and, uh, you know, I just, I just tiled them up, and then they're V-scored, so you break them apart. Um, you would have to solder them in, but, um, you know, it's, it's pretty easy, and this way you could uh, stack them up next to each other. So that's, um, that's already done. You know, I put this together. I tested it. And then, you know, of course, I did the nice, um, let me look at the back. Yeah, the nice uh, silk screen that we talked about last week using um, Penguin, which is Phil B's tool that lets you put nice fonts on your PCBs. So that's, that's that. And then third up, um, I've finally gotten to um, testing out, this is the, this board, so we'll quit here. Um, I'm testing out the um, TCA 9540. Oh, hold on, this is. Uh, hold on, let me turn off the back. 
later. Okay, the the PCA slash TCA um, ninety five eighty four, which is a multiplexer, but this one's designed for stomach UT. Uh, so this prototype came in as well, and um, you got the. I've got a little sketch that, you know, I wrote. That's an I squared C scanner that will select each port for you um, and scan it so it's a very easy to test. So then uh, if we go to the overhead, I'll show my little testing jig. So I've got the same, you know, Metro Mini with the Stomach UT port um, hooked up to this multiplexer, this eight port multiplexer. And then um, I can uh, switch between each port and, you know, I'm just testing it by seeing, like, you know, can it detect the uh, sensor on each port? And then um, this is the logic level converter, which will not show. This one doesn't have a regulator, so you'll see the, the difference. Okay. So with this one, you can see the LED brightness changes if I'm at 5 volts versus 3 volts. I actually changed the final design before I sent out the PCBs just to change this LED to be powered from this switch so it also will dim or brighten a little bit um, based on whether it's 3 volts or 5 volts. So you can do shifting, you know, if you have a 5 volt regulator and then you want to use like quick boards, which are 3 volt only, um, you know, you just set it to 3 volts with the switch uh, and it would be regulated and level shifted. So if we go to the computer. Thank you. Um, so you see it's scanning. It always will see address 50 because that's the address of the multiplexer, right? That's always going to be visible. But then as I um, unplug and plug into different ports, you'll see, you know, it goes from port one to port two. I can do port three, four, eh, five, six, seven, and eight. Only thing is like, you know, the, these STEMI QT connectors, they're, they're not like fragile, but like asking somebody to test by plugging in all of them, is gonna take a really long time. Like it just takes time to plug it all in. So, you know, thinking about how to design the tester for these, um, I, uh, I added test pads on the bottom so each I squared C port, the SCL and SDA for that port, you know, port four, they're going to be available as test pads on the bottom. And so my tester will have pogo pins that reach up and poke them. And so you won't have to plug in eight STEM QT ports. You know, the only trade-off is of course, that way you're not actually testing the STEM QT connector. However, I've had almost no problems with those connectors. Like, you know, we've sold like easily half a million, you know, connectors on all of our boards, like the hundreds of thousands of boards and each one has two connectors. It's very, very, very rare. Like once, you know, every four or five months, somebody will say, hey, there's like a bent pin or, or something went wrong with the contacts. Really, um, they're very reliable. The thing that's most likely to be an issue um, with this board is these, uh, pins here will short like that's you know or like there's a, a part that's skewed or missing but really like the issue that you know just from experience I know that these 
these TSOP pads love to bridge a little bit or the TSOP is a little bit off center. Um, and so that's what you want to test. So I'm, I'm willing to speed up the test so that it's like what I'm testing is the, is the most likely failure point than taking a really long time and also adding the risk that when people are testing and they plug in this demo QT, they might plug in upside down and like jam the pins. Um, it's actually a little bit more risky. So this is uh, this design. And then um, again, I'm going to, okay, so development, and then this is a multiplexer. And then this is the, no, this is the I squared C. So many boards. Um, so I'm also running Penguin on it before I send it out. I'm actually having a really good time like running Penguin because everything looks like so just like fabulous. Um, this is the you know the bottom silk um, with a lovely font, and I can you know tweak this you know move this around. There's a lot of uh, you know vias on the bottom, but I think it'll still come out. It's a pretty big font, um, and. Uh, you know, maybe these can go down here. So you can see it's like so easy to rearrange as necessary. Really, uh, the script so far is, you know, it's worked on everything I've had to uh, send send through it. So hopefully people are trying it out and getting um, some nice fonts on their designs. So those are the three boards that I worked on today. So is there any questions before? No, let's keep moving. Okay. Let's do the great search. Okay, cool. The Great Search brought to you by DigiKey and Adafruit. Every single week, Lady Ada uses her power of engineering to help you find all the things you need. Lady Ada, what is the Great Search of the Week this week? Okay, so this week, this is actually, I almost got made a mistake in this design. And so I was like, whenever I almost make a mistake, uh, well, if I make a mistake, I usually don't catch it till later. But then I'll do a, a Great Search about it. But this time I caught it before the error occurred. Which is, um, I have a design that I'm doing um, that uses a uh, slide switch, um, a, a vertical slide switch that is used for power selection. So, oh, hold on. Let me open up the original one. Right, okay. Let me get a computer. Yes, yeah, with a computer. So, the way that this design works is, you know, I'm using this um, I squared C multiplexer, and I'm moving the signal from a yeah, five volt uh, controller to possibly three volt, five volt or three volt peripheral. So I'm adding like a level shifting thing. But not only am I level shifting the signal, but I'm level, you know, I'm power shifting the the connectors themselves. What will provide power to the individual peripherals on the I squared C bus will also be either three or five volts. So it's not just signal level, it's power level. Um, and there's eight ports. So like, you know, the, the power adds up. I, I'm using the um, AP2112 3.3 volt regulator, this regulator I really love. It has about, you know, 500 milliamps output um, from, you know, three to five volt. Very low dropout as well, which I really like. So um, even if you have three volt in, it won't drop out too much. Um, even at, at fairly high current. So it's a very good regulator. It's nice and stable. Um, 
But one of the things to watch for is when you are using a switch for power, not signal. Because again, a lot of people use buttons and slide switches to signal something, you know, send um, a digital signal into a microcontroller or enable pin, or, you know, I showed the micro lipo. It's, it's switching a resistor on the IREF pin of a lipo charger. The amount of current going through it and the amount of voltage going through the switch is very, very small. It's like, you know, maybe even a milliamp, maybe three to five volts. It's, it's apparently pretty much negligible. The issue is when you're doing something like this and you actually want to switch power through. Now, you know, if I was switching more than 500 milliamps, I wouldn't go for a mechanical switch, especially a surface mount one. I would use, um, you know, some PFETs and I would, you know, make a proper, uh, you know, uh, solid state switch, not a mechanical switch. But in this case, I, you know, it turns out I can kind of get away with this um, by doubling up the switch, but also by making sure I'm specking the right kind of slide switch. So let's, um, to the slide switch, just to uh, show what it looks like. You know, it's, uh, you know, I don't have to use the exact same footprint, you know, in this case I am, but I want it to be vertical. So I want it to be pointing up. You can slide it back and forth easily with your finger. Um, and I will show that this is the same switch here. So I, you know, I particularly like this switch. I found that these are very mechanically strong. Um, they, they're easy to switch with a finger, no matter how big or sausagey or small your fingers are. Um, and they have fairly good availability for voltage and current. But, you know, we talk about jelly bean parts a lot and you look at like tactile switches and connectors Jelly beans are jelly beans, but you still have to look at the ratings. It's not just because it looks the same doesn't mean it's the same. So uh, let's go to DigiKey. So what we want is a slide switch. And we've, we've looked for slide switches. We've looked for um, side slide, uh, right angle slide switches. We're going to look for, again, a, a top slide switch. Notice the nice um, images. I like new, new, new search style coming into DigiKey with pictures. So we want a slide switch. Uh, we want active. One thing that we, you know, I'm not going to look at because it turns out to not matter so much for this, but um, shorting versus non-shorting also, you know, that's it. just because it looks the same doesn't mean they're all uh, sliding versus non-sliding. Um, okay, we want surface mount and we don't want right angle, we want vertical pointing up. So that actually gets rid of a lot of design. So now we can look at some images and be like, yeah, you know, this is kind of what we're looking at here. Like this particular looks, this is what I often use for some designs. So here's where you want, again, look at the rating. Um, if you're using it for signal, rating doesn't matter because there's almost no power going through it, but we're, we're putting power through. So the first step, I do want to have the voltage be above um, four volts because I want to switch five volts signal on. And you'll note that, you know, some of these are 12, some of these are 6. Um, but there's also, you know, this one, uh, which is looks very nice, but it's, it's only 4 volts. So, sorry, got to go. Can't have 4 volts because we are switching a 5-volt power through. Um, okay, next up, I only want, you know, normally stocking parts because I want to be able to get it. And then let's look at what's available. Um, all right, cool. 
So you'll see some of these, uh, you know, 100 milliamps, some of them 300 milliamp. We kind of like the 300 milliamp. The only thing is I do want it to be, um, you know, one of the things I'm doing here is it's a DP, DT. Yeah. Which means there's two independent switches and each one has the contact rating. Uh, I double them up. You see, I parallelize them, which on the board uh, looks like so. And um, that means I can get double the current. Again, the voltage is the same, but the amount of current going through the switch is, is, is essentially doubled. So um, you can do the same thing for relays, by the way. Just be aware, like with relays, the, you know, in these switches, there might be a slight you know, microsecond delay between um, connectivity. So just make sure that there's no, there's no risk of, the, of cross connection. Okay, sorry, I was going to look for current. So, you know, I do want to have, um, you know, at least 200 or 300 milliamps per switch because I'm going to double them up to 100 milliamp is a little bit too low. Because even doubled up, that's 200. I really want it to be closer to 400 or 500. And then uh, let's look at what's available by price. So there's a couple options here. Um, so this one's right angle. So, you know, even though it's a kind of a nice switch, I'm not going to use that. This is a DP3T, which I don't want. Um, this one is, is kind of nice, but it's uh, SPDT, which means I don't get to double up the switch. So actually, I'm going to go back and select only DPDT style. Okay, cool. So now we're talking. So these, you know, they're, they're, I don't actually know 100% that they're exactly uh, pad compatible. I have to, you know, I'm going to have to look at more detail in the, in the data sheet to make sure that the switches fit on the pads. And if not, adjust the pads and the uh, footprint. But there's a couple good options here. Um, you know, this one in particular, ironically, you know, the cheapest one, the one that they have the most in stock is actually pretty nice. It's Gullwing which means that it has good mechanical stability, which I really like. Like it's, there's, um, let's look at the 360 of this. It's got, you know, the, the pins that go out to the side. So mechanically stable. Um, it's got a nice long actuator. It's pretty simple, but, you know, effective. And then uh, it's six volt, 300 milliamps rated, which is also nice. And if you look at the day, I will, I'll say one thing. Really read the data sheet, by the way, to make sure, because sometimes the contact ratings differ um, based on the voltage. Like for example, here, um, it turns out you can actually go up to 30 volts DC, but you'll only get 100 milliamps. So just just be aware, like the rating, you know, that contact rating will, have, it, it's actually dependent a little bit, not on voltage and current, but you know, the, uh, the product of the two. Um, so be sure to, to watch out for that and I'll also tell you um, the electrical life, 5,000 cycles, which I think is fair. This is going to be switched all the time. And, um, you know, C&K makes pretty good switches. I've used them before. And you can see, you know, they have a through-hole version. And then this is basically the same switch as the through-hole. You can see they just bend the, la the leads out. Uh, and then check the footprint. And then they also have a version of this switch, um, which is... Hold on, let me find it. Ah, this one, same switch, but 
no, not this one. The, not this one. They all look the same. This one. It's still uh, DPDT. There's two independent switches, but the leads are bent under. So, um, you know, mechanically not quite as strong, although it's still, you know, the, the pads underneath are, are still long enough, I feel like. Um, but if I need a little bit more space, if this switch ends up being bigger than I expect, um, I can go with this version so it, you know, conserves space on the PCB. Um, but for now, I rather like this one. And it's like fairly inexpensive too. It's, you know, like 40 cents in quantity, um, six volt and 300 milliamps. So, you know, one of the things that I do is whatever switches I use, I, I, you know, I try not to have multiple versions of similar looking things with different ratings because I find that that's just accidents are waiting to happen, especially with rework or repair or whatever. Um, so, you know, even if I have boards that are using a slide switch for signal, I would still use this hefty power rated switch just so I only have to stock one item. This is my great search pick. And that's a great search. Okay, here's a couple things that came in. Yes. Um, I think this is it for you. Your folders say TCA9548A, but your silk says TCA9584A. Yeah, I probably... I, you I transpose the yeah, 8 and the 4. I do that all the time. Do you need me to tell you that after the no, show? No, I'll remember. Okay. One thing actually to note is it uses the, the folders, the TCA, and I'm using the PCA... Yes, the folder's called the TCA, but the product I'm actually using in the end is the PCA, which is, the TCA does 1.8 volt to 5 volt, the PCA does 2.6 to 5 volts, and since STEM QT boards never go below, they're only 3 or 5, and you can't get the TCA right now, you can get the PCA, like, you know, it's a little confusing, but... All right. Question, I haven't ordered these boards yet, so it's okay. Does the PB86 have a resistor as part of the circuit, or is that needed on a breadboard? You'll want to add that on a breadboard. It's not added because I did the math of, like, well, I could send it through the pick-and-place, but it would, like, add so much cost and effort that I thought I would just have this basic breakout that's a mechanical breakout, and then people can add the resistor based on whether they're using 3-volt or 5-volt logic. Or 12-volt logic, you know, I don't know, or, or power for their analog uh, circuits. All right. And that is the Descalator this week. Thank you, everybody. All right. Thank you, everybody. See you all throughout the week. We have a full week of shows and more. Thanks so much for spending some of the Sunday night with us. We will see you soon.